1: Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could tune in this week. Our guest today is Sandra Ann Harris. She's the founder and president of Eco Lunchbox, which is a really cool company, mission-based. Her passion is to protect the oceans by reducing people's dependence on plastics. And in addition to some amazing products that she has there, she's got a brand new book out. It's called Say Goodbye to Plastic, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today today welcome to go green radio sandra and congratulations on your new book
2: thank you jill i'm so excited to be here and thanks for the nice introduction
1: oh you bet well my family is a big fan of your your products we uh we used that when my kids were going through school so i want to thank you for that but i want to talk about your book as well in the introduction of your book, you mentioned that getting rid of plastic has been your passion for seventeen years. And I'd love to know what happened seventeen years ago that started you on your journey. That's a great question, Jill. Um,
2: I would call myself sort of an accidental entrepreneur. Um, I've always, you know, been very curious. I was a journalist for many years, and um, yeah. Um, I sort of fell into the plastic movement, to tell you the truth. Um, Like many people, I hadn't given plastic much thought. I just was reflexively using it pretty much my whole life from the time I was a child. I would grab those Ziploc bags and... Um, use whatever plastic I needed, and starting in the 70s when recycling came around, I just thought it was fine to do that. It really wasn't until I started packing daily lunches for my son when he started preschool that I realized how much plastic really was accumulating. I remember vividly, this was in Oakland, California years ago, going to pick him up and checking into the lunchroom and seeing just trash cans overflowing with uh, juice boxes, with those squeezy yogurt um, sticks that kids may still be eating, with cheese sticks, with prepackaged little crackers, And there was so much trash that it was just um, on the floor. Um, And I thought, okay, this is weird. You know, I hadn't really been in an institutional environment before where I had seen it all in one place. Um, And it certainly made me think. And um, I started to look around and see, well, what could I use if I'm not going to be using plastic in my son's lunch certainly not single-use plastic um, in all the prepackaged foods, but could I even avoid plastic with the containers? Um, And at that time, um, and this is before I started Eco Lunchbox, surprisingly, there was nothing available on the market if you wanted to pack food in a container that wasn't made from plastic. I mean, certainly glass was available, and that is fine for the home environment. But for children, you can't be sending them to school with glass. Um, And so that really uh, piqued my curiosity as I started to think about why are we only given this one option? Um, And so then the next step for me was to start to do research into, well, maybe there is um, a healthy kind of plastic. And if I just make a good choice and I select The good plastic, um, we could just do that instead of finding another option. But over the years, I'm sure your listeners um, have tuned in to the issues around plastic. There really is no good plastic. I mean, certainly um, we've heard about how BPA, the estrogen mimicking chemical that is commonly used in plastic, has been removed and packaging now prominently. uh, labels plastics that don 't have this chemical, but sadly, um, that chemical has been replaced by BPS S, and other estrogen mimicking chemicals and then i 'm sure we're going to talk about all of the environmental consequences you know of plastic um, so I started just fell into being really interested in plastic by starting you know with what was going on in our own. Lives. And I think that that's true for a lot of mission-based entrepreneurs. You know, they find themselves, you know, face-to-face with a problem. They're not really sure how to solve it. And then, um, you know, in my case, I thought, you know, I bet there are a lot of other parents that, you know, would like to reduce their children's exposure to the toxins in plastics and create a smaller plastic footprint you know, as they went about um, their, their daily lives. So I had no background in consumer products. I mean, it's laughable to think back that I even dared to start Eco Lunchbox. I remember, you know, calling friends and, you know, asking them, you know, what's the pricing structure when you put a product to market? How can I find a manufacturer? You know, I think that the world needs a plastic-free lunch container alternative um and i'd like to make that pos- possible but i had been an ngo worker in vietnam i had been a journalist um but uh little by little um i came up with a design and um working from home with two young children um through alibaba after many false starts i must say um i found some amazing partners Um, both in India and in China, who I've been working with um, for years to bring to market hundreds of thousands of eco lunchboxes to empower people at lunchtime and getting them to think beyond lunchtime eventually, empower them to say goodbye to plastic. Um, And so in my very first packaging of our eco lunchbox, three-in-one classic, I said on the packaging, are you ready to say goodbye to plastic and to start using stainless steel food containers instead? Um, And, you know, I'm still inviting people after all of these years to join me in thinking twice about plastic and um, creatively adopting plastic-free lifestyle solutions
1: instead. Absolutely. And I want to just mention to our listeners, if you want to check out Sandra's website and look at her product line, which is actually amazing, um, go to www.ecolunchboxes, it's www.ecolunchboxes.com. Ecolunchboxes.com. So you have this new book out, Sandra, Say Goodbye to Plastic. And I know that you organized it in a very specific way so that readers could use it in a way that was most useful to them. So, talk to us about the organization of the book and how how readers should use it.
2: Right. I really see the book as an invitation um, to anyone who's interested in saying goodbye to plastic to join us. Um, over the years, you know, especially in the early days when I was starting Eco Lunchbox um, in two thousand and eight people thought reducing dependence on plastic in their own lives was something quite unattainable. And they would say, well, Sandra, not everyone can do as much as you're doing um, to stop using plastic at lunchtime and, you know, in the bathroom and, um, you know, in entertaining and in in our wardrobe and in all aspects of life. You know, we can't all do that. It's just it's just too hard, and it's hard, you know, to figure out um, what I should be using instead, um, et cetera. And so then they would just sort of opt out. It was kind of like, oh, we'll just go let all of us, let the eco people handle the plastic pollution um, uh, movement, and the rest of us will sort of sit on the sidelines um, because it's just too hard. Um, and so the way I structured the book um, is in the form of an invitation um, to join. It's not a, a judgy, um, insistent uh, tone in the book. It's like, hey, guys, you know, this is available to all of us, um, and it would be um, really great if you would join us. So I start uh, the book with an inspirational story um, about uh, a a uh, low-tide hike in the Point Reyes National um, Seashore area um, that reveals an amazing intertidal ecosystem and then um, also um, lots and lots of plastic trash, unfortunately, and connecting um, my love of the oceans and our environment as a motivator um, to what I'm doing so that when you know we're doing the challenging work of rethinking how we live our lives and weeding plastic out we can go back to that loving happy feeling that we get when we're out in nature you know and for me it's the oceans but for other people it may be the mountains or you know wherever their special place in nature is and that can really power us through the tough times I mean we all have you know infinite to-do lists and all sorts of shoulds and You know, a lot of people feel um, guilt that they're not doing enough um, in all sorts of ways, including environmentally, in terms of um, using less plastic. But that's not what's going to keep us going, guilt. It's going to be joy, and it's going to be, you know, love um, of our planet. And so I... Organize the book um, to, you know, open people's connection to the environment. Um, And then I educate about, you know, how we got to this place where we're so overly dependent on plastic. You know, why are we using so much plastic? If we think back, um, I'm in my 50s. You know, my grandparents, um, growing up when I would go down to visit them, They hardly used plastic at all. Things were wrapped in newspaper and tied with twine, and they had glass containers in their refrigerator, and they used cardboard. And, you know, how did things change so much, you know, even in the last, you know, 50, 60 years? I mean, certainly, you know, if they could do it then, you know, we can do it. Now. And so I give some historical perspective, you know, on use of plastic um, and how after World War II, when it was um, popularized for use in the military, um, it became abundant in everyone's homes and personal lives as well. And then I invite people to start thinking about what can we each do to reduce our own depe- dependence on plastics and um, and then I organize the book um, by rooms of the house, um, and I uh, invite people to think about, hey, what would be most fun for you? You know, I'm not going to dictate for everyone that they have to start by saying goodbye to plastic at lunchtime, even though that's where I started, um, and um, that worked well for me. Some people. Um, you know, might take more interest in ditching uh, plastic in their bathroom. Think about all those shampoo and conditioner bottles and throwaway <laughs> razors. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are opportunities pretty much, you know, wherever um, you look um, to get started and bit by bit uh, weed plastic out of our lives.
1: I love it. And I think the way that your book is organized, it's very inviting. So if people are looking for a specific room of the house to start in, you let them go right to that chapter. So obviously, I mean, you can read the book cover to cover, and I'm sure you hope that everybody will, but it does allow people to pick and choose where they'd like to start. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have much more with Sandra and her new book, Say Goodbye to Plastic." So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Take a wild guess, how much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%?
1: Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could all join us. And in case you've just tuned in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Sandra Ann Harris. She's the founder and president of Eco Lunchbox, and she is also the author of a brand new book that you're going to love. It's called Say Goodbye to Plastic, and it is such a practical guide for anybody who wants to reduce or, let's go all the way with it, eliminate plastic in their lives, room by room in the house. So Sandra you know I'm so glad that you could join us and you have many years of of practical knowledge and wisdom to share with us about how to eliminate plastic from our lives but I want to ask you what do you say to people who tell you hey Sandra I recycle my plastic I'm doing my part what do you say to folks like that?
2: Oh yeah I hear that all the time Um, over the years I've done um, so many in-person events as well and People will come by and they'll say, oh, it's so cute what you're doing, Um, but I recycle plastic, so I think we're good, right? (laughs) Like, they check that box and they can just, you know, move on and um, not give it another thought. And usually I smile and, you know, the last thing you want to do is get super judgy. And then I say, you know, well, what kind of plastic are you recycling? Oh, well, I don't know. I just sort of put it all in the bin. And I say... Well, how do you know you know that you know your recycling company is able to accept that? Well, they take it away, they mm-hmm. say. <laughs> so I try to just sort of through a and A, um, you know open up the conversation. But the truth of the matter is, um, most people don't realize that only one to five percent of plastic globally is um, ever going to make it into the recycling waste stream. Um, and, you know, many of the people that I've met over the years who say they just sort of put all of their plastic into the recycling bin um, mm-hmm. without checking to see, you know, what the recycling company can actually um, recycle. Those are called wish cyclers. You know, they're hoping um, that if they put it in the recycling bin, um, that it'll end up in the right place. Um, but um despite what people may hear um from the plastic industry um in terms of uh good news around um plastic recycling and you know upcycling of uh discarded plastics into new materials and and products the the fact of the matter is that um less plastic not more plastic as the years go by um, is being um recycled, and you know part of that is just the cost of sorting the plastic um by type um and you know gathering each type up together and then um you know melting it down and pelletizing it and making it into new plastic is just way too expensive um there isn't a good um good Supply chain in place um, to handle all of that, and then um, unfortunately, um, China used to be um, the great receiver of all of our plastic, um, plastic, plastic, and recycling um, facilities all across the country. Um, would send you know freighters full of this discarded plastic um, to China, and then they you know, let China sort of figure out what to do with it. Um, in the meantime, it was polluting villages and waterways and creating all sorts of issues um, for the Chinese people with very little financial upside. Um, so starting in 2018, China um, decided that they were going to start banning the import of recycled um, plastic, and they called this their national stored environmental policy. So all across all across the United States, um, what happened is there was really no destination um, for the recycled plastics that were being collected um, curbside. So a lot of that now is being buried and burned, you know, or sent to other developing nations where they really don't have um, adequate systems in place to prevent the plastic from escaping, you know, out into our oceans, for example. Um, And, you know, they're burning it, which does, you know, nothing good for uh, global warming if we're putting all that CO2, you know, up into the environment as a result of our, you know, need to discard plastic. So, unfortunately... Plastic really is not the panacea that we would hope. Um, There was an interesting story um, published recently um, about how the plastics manufacturers, um, for four decades, have been purposefully um, misleading the public about the potential of recycling. Um, They have, you know, hoped. That you know good cost effective recycling systems would be put in place, and that there could be a better solution to keeping plastic you know in a circular um, waste stream that you use it and then you put it back and then it's made into something else, but that has never developed um and this story, which was um, published very recently and based on a lot of historical documentation um showed that there is really no hope inside right now um, in terms of effective recycling of plastic. So what we really need to be focused on is using less of it so we don't have as much to discard.
1: Absolutely. And I want to dive right into the book with some of your great tips and tricks. And let's start with the kitchen. What are some of your pro tips for reducing or eliminating plastic in that room of the home?
2: Yeah. The kitchen is a great one. Um, it's it's a spot where so many of us spend a lot of time. And unfortunately, um, in shopping for food, we're bringing a lot of plastic into the kitchen um, and a lot of products um, that before we used to be able to buy in a more reusable format. I'm going to just pick salt, for example. You know, how many of mm-hmm. us think twice about what kind of salt we're purchasing. Um, but you may have noticed that at some of the big box retailers, they're selling salt in little plastic uh, containers with grinder tops, and the same for pepper. Um, mm-hmm. Making simple swabs like, you know, buying pepper and salt in a cardboard box and actually having a salt shaker or a pepper grinder. You know, it sounds so retro, um, but they're <laughs> Tens of, you know, easy go-tos that we can all um, enjoy in our kitchen. Um, other examples are, um, you know, Ziplocs in terms of food storage. You know, it, it's just as easy um, to get a glass container and cover it with a reusable, um, uh, like, wax-covered uh, muslin or a cloth. Top uh, with an elastic or a glass lid. um, You know that would be a great way to use less of the Ziplocs and less of the um, Saran Wrap. Um, Mm -hmm. What else? Um, There are just so many opportunities. All the kitchen tools. Think about what you're cooking your food with. Um, So many of us um, have a lot of plastic spatulas, spoons. Um, and utensils um, when at end of life, um, a bamboo, not a composite bamboo that has been dipped in a plasticized paint, but a natural bamboo utensil that 's been oiled, you know learning to identify um, the materials that go into our product, where they come from, which is hopefully a natural place, and where they can go at the end of life, like this bamboo utensil, it could go in our Green bin here, where we live, um, our yard clippings and um, food waste can go in a green bin and then it 's commercially processed into compost um, so those are a, a couple of ideas, but essentially, I encourage my readers throughout the book um, to you know start with one room. Um, look around, and then start to sort of weed out. And I keep using this word, but we've all been out in the garden and we sort of identify things. I'm not um, taking the Marie Kondo approach of, you mm-hmm. know, clearing everything out of your kitchen and starting from scratch. I think for most people that's just going to be too overwhelming. But as things wear out um, and there are opportunities um, to replace those with a plastic-free alternative, um, the book is a is a reference um, and has you know many many suggestions. And usually, it boils down to reflex reflectively thinking: What is this made from? Where does it come from? You know, it, does it come from a man-made material or a natural material? And when I don't need it or when it's broken you know, where will it go next? And if it can biodegrade, that's going to be the absolute best. Um, If you're going to be looking for something that you think you want to recycle, don't pick plastic. We just talked about that. Mm -hmm. But glass and metal um, have a very um, good uh, likelihood of being recycled. Um, So those are also excellent um, materials to keep in mind. And in our... Our products at Eco Lunchbox, we use silicon lids on stainless steel uh, containers because silicon, unlike plastic, is not a petroleum-based product. It does not leach into the environment, um, and it doesn't crack um, and get worn down as quickly as plastic. And it has some limited um, recycling capability. But the main thing about silicon is that it's non toxic, long lasting. Um, so, silicon can also be a good option um, in the kitchen to keep in mind. And uh, I have more information about that in the book, Say Goodbye to Plastic um, yeah, Survival Guide for Plastic Reliving.
1: Yeah. And it's a great book. I mean, and it's very easy to find. I mean, you can just Google say goodbye to plastic and there you go. But I, you know, I feel like right before the pandemic hit, it was getting a lot easier to take like a reusable mug to the coffee shop or uh, take your own takeout you know, containers for leftovers and things like that. But I'm wondering if you see the pandemic and everything that's happened with COVID-19 as kind of a setback um, in terms of reducing single use disposable items as we go out uh, to eat.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, 2020 started off as a huge year uh, for the zero waste plastic pollution community. You know, finally it felt like everything was falling into Mm -hmm. place. You know, there were hundreds of bag bans, you know, that were happening all across the United States and globally. You know, coffee shops were allowing people to bring in their own um, mugs, and grocery stores had the bring your own bag. Yep. um, Exactly. Eco Lunchbox was. Yeah. And, you know, we were selling um, a ton of containers because all of our containers have tear weights, which is the weight of a container etched onto the bottom to right. people that have started to do zero-way shopping. and So So helpful.
1: And I actually want to go into that, yeah, even more in this next segment. We're going to take just a really quick commercial break, and then we'll come back, pick right up where we left off. So don't go away, folks. More Go Green Radio right after this.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you're with us and so glad to have Sandra Ann Harris, the author of a brand new book called Say Goodbye to Plastic on the show today. Right before we took our uh, quick commercial break, we were talking about the impact that the pandemic has had on the movement to remove single-use disposable items, you know, out in the world, in the grocery store, in restaurants and whatnot. And Sandra, I'm sorry I had to cut you off, but go ahead and pick up right where you left off on that discussion. Oh, thanks,
2: Jill. Yeah, so I was saying, you know, 2020 was off to a blockbuster start when it comes to helping um, people everywhere uh, say goodbye to plastic and stop using so much plastic out in the world, particularly. But then COVID hit, and I think we can all remember in the early days of the pandemic, um, we were strictly warned that the COVID virus um, could be transmitted on you know, surfaces and that it might stay alive, you know, on, you know, reusable bags, theoretically, you know, Mm -hmm. or reusable containers or reusable fill-in-the-blank. Since those early days, I think um, health uh, officials have determined that primarily the virus moves through the air, right, through droplets. Mm -hmm. And so we're all being encouraged now to wear masks, and there's a lot less emphasis on know, having to be super careful um, when it comes to touching uh, objects out in public. Well, unfortunately, even though the science is showing that the virus moves, you know, airborne, everyone has still stuck in their mind, you know, first impressions really stick that um, it's potentially dangerous to bring your own bag to the grocery store and have a bag or touch it, for example. And so... Bag-bag bans all over the country um, have been rolled back, unfortunately. Um, Zero-waste shopping, the bulk sections where you can buy um, dry goods by weight out of big vertical bins and um, check them out at the uh, front of the store store. Um, in your own container, well, that has been discontinued um, as well. Coffee shops are no longer allowing people to bring their own mugs. Um, So the reusable community is, you know, trying to um, educate uh, policymakers um, at the state and county levels as well as at the local store levels that, guys, you know, you're operating on old information. And, Some stores like the Trader Joe's in our area now allow you to bring your own bag um, so long as um, you push your cart full of groceries after you've checked out to the front of the store to a table that they have out in front and you bag it yourself. (laughs) But most grocery stores still aren't allowing it. Um, But there are solutions um, that... Plastic-free lifestyle aficionados can suggest to their local grocery stores to try to bring back some of these um, great eco-friendly habits that people were really catching on to. Um, Another example is um, bringing your own coffee cup to a cafe. You know, why not set the coffee cup on the counter and they could do your latte and just pour it in there. It'd be touchless. Um, and I haven't even gotten into talking about all the PPE. I mean, when I'm out walking my dog, I'm seeing these blue masks and um, blowing around on the
1: street. Yeah,
2: and you know the disposable gloves and the sanitizing wipes. Um, so it's really, um, I'd say, heartbreaking. You know, for the plastic pollution um, community to see this roll back. Um, but the silver lining here is, I think that. With the pandemic and how it has been moving globally, um, you know, virally, causing these health problems, you know, crossing geographic and financial and environmental boundaries, people are really tuning into how interconnected we are as a globe. Um, and we're still seeing, you know, rising support for the plastic-free movement even in the face of the pandemic, people are realizing how connected we are to the environment, and that by degrading our environment um, with plastic and um, the global warming um, threats um, that you know we are weakening our our um, strength you know as as humanity and exposing ourselves potentially. You know, to more pandemics and all sorts of uh, health issues. So, um, yeah, sadly, unfortunately, um, the pandemic, you know, has posed a really big, a big challenge. But um, I'm hoping that there will be this silver lining as people understand, you know, that we're all in this together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, back to your book and the way that it's organized, which I think is so user friendly. Uh, you know, you kind of have it organized by room of the house or function. And and I found the chapter on eliminating plastic from the bathroom one of the one of the ones that challenged me the most because honestly, it is it is tough to go from you know what a normal consumer would buy for bathroom products and do it differently to eliminate plastic. But I'd love for you to give us just a few tips from your book about how to eliminate plastic from the bathroom. For me, the bathroom was one of the hardest rooms as well. So
2: (laughs) I totally agree with you. I left that to last. It's just hard to wrap your mind around, you know, how am I going to do my shampoo and my toothpaste and my Mm -hmm. razor, you know, and all of these things that... You know we have grown to depend on our whole lives um, and in the early days of the plastic free movement um, everything was DIY you'd have to kind of make your own shampoo at home either a dry mm-hmm. shampoo or a wet shampoo and you'd have to you know sew things and you know do things with your own hands which is you know it's a great activity and you know I I like to craft but I don't always have time for that and, you know, a lot of um, our Eco Lunchbox community members don't either. So, um, fortunately, there are a lot of great solutions for the bathroom, and I'll share just just a few. Um, the first place that I started was in the shower, Um First of all, um, I've never enjoyed cleaning a shower with all these um, mildew circles where all Mm -hmm. of the conditioner and the liquid bottles are in the Mm -hmm. shower. And that's always been kind of yuck. So I'm like, okay, we're just going to get that taken care of. Um, So when it comes to um, shampoo, there are many companies now, widely available online, that sell um, shampoo bars. um, And they lather up just like a regular shampoo. They're not expensive, um, and I have um, you know various shampoos for various members of the household with you know different hair types, and they all can be purchased with our own conditioner bar. And I have them on beautiful wooden um, platted uh, soap uh, soap trays from Etsy. Mm -hmm. Um, Those work great, so we got that taken care of. And then you think about the razor in the shower, you know, and then. You know, why are we buying these molded plastic razors um, that can only go into the trash if we could go with um, a razor more like, rolling back the clock again, you know, to what Mm -hmm. our grandparents used, a straight edge razor where you just buy the razors and you replace those and it's a metal one that you can use for years and years. Um, So those are just a couple of ideas um, for the shower um and then the next thing was what about all the toothpaste tubes? Yes. You know, we go through toothpaste and then the, the plastic toothbrushes. You know, what do mm-hmm. you do about that? We're supposed to be replacing our toothbrush every three months and when we go to the dentist they keep giving us these free plastic toothbrushes. Mm-hmm. Um so there are a couple of different solutions um for toothpaste, um and they're either tabs um, it looks sort of like um, a chewable uh, mint, an Altoid mint, um, mm-hmm. and it foams up just like toothpaste. It's, it's awesome. Um, they also have sort of a, a, a paste um, similar to toothpaste, but it comes in a glass jar. Um, and there, there are other options as well, rinses, um, and in terms of um, the toothbrush itself, Bamboo is a great option. Um, Some of them have nylon bristles. uh, So you snap the head off and then you throw that in the trash, but the rest of it can be uh, biodegradable green waste. Or um, there are toothbrushes available um, with bristles made from natural materials that can be 100% biodegraded. Um, You know, and then you think about your brush. Are you using a plastic brush or are you using yes. a brush made from natural
1: materials? <laughs> I am using a plastic one and I feel terrible about it. I mean, but your book has given me so many great ideas and I actually really appreciated the chapters that talk about clothing and laundry and cleaning supplies. And I'd love to have you talk a little bit more about those issues and how to eliminate plastic in those areas.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, our wardrobes are um, a hidden spot of mm-hmm. plastic accumulation. Um, it's so nice to have all of these stretchy uh, fabrics or yoga pants and um, all of the fabrics, you know, with stretch. Typically, that is some kind of plastic, a polyester or something that gives it, you know, those stretch jeans that we like. Um, So the first thing when it comes to reducing the amount of plastic in our wardrobe is to just become aware of how insidious plastic is when it um, comes to the fabrics um, that are used and to be more mindful about selecting um, some clothing um, that is, you know, 100 percent cotton that can be recycled at end-of-life. Goodwill and other charity collection organizations um, receive back um, cotton clothing, and there are uh, cotton recycling um, programs um, in place so that that raw material um, can be recaptured. Um, When it comes to uh, materials made from mixed fibers, a mix of cotton, for example, with polyester, there is almost no way to recycle that. There are some high-tech, innovative ways of distilling the fibers down into their molecular um, base basics and using liquids to re the fiber. And there's some very interesting um, technological innovations that are happening um, that could eventually um, make recycling of uh, fabrics that are made from um, mixed media more accessible. But right now, we really need to just limit um, how much plastic we have in our wardrobe because at end of life, it's such an
1: issue. Um, It is. And And it was crazy because I think a lot of people don't realize part of the way that microplastics make it into our waterways is through the wastewater from washing these clothing items and rags and things like that that have plastic incorporated into the fabric and a lot of people don't realize that you know that wastewater that you know after it goes to your wastewater treatment plant ends up discharging into you know open waterways in many cases and 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 a lot of wastewater treatment plants do not have the filtration um, to, to filter out those microplastics. We've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have more with Sandra and her book, Say Goodbye to Plastics. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could tune in. And if you're just joining us, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Sandra Ann Harris. She's the founder of a great company that you want to check out called Eco Lunchbox. And the the web address for that, the URL is www.ecolunchboxes.com. Check that out for sure. But she's also got a brand new book out. That's what we're talking about today. It's called Say Goodbye to Plastic. You can check it out at all the places that you normally buy your books. um, And I invite you to do so. It's a great read and so practical. It's going to help you eliminate plastic. From all the various rooms of your house, all the various functions of your daily life. And in fact, I want to talk about the office and school, because one of these days, some of us are already able to go back to the office and school, and some of us are still awaiting that grand moment when we get to go back uh, to those places. But what are some of your pro tips, Sandra, for eliminating plastic at the office and eliminating plastic at school?
2: Right. Um, Great question. Um, I think we're all hoping to go back to our offices and our schools at some point. But even if we're working from home, um, there's a wonderful opportunity to start tuning up our uh, plastic-free office and school habits, um, you know, even if we're studying online. So, you know, one thing that is really fun to start with is getting a great pen um, that can either be a fountain pen that you refill You know, with a jar of ink, imagine that, Um, with Mm. a squeezy refillable tube, or um, a pen that can be refilled with a cartridge if you prefer a rollerball. But there is so much needless waste when it comes to buying plastic pens um, that cannot be refilled and just end up in the trash can. Um, For years, I had to buy, um, every time my kids started school, a whole new set of, uh, mm-hmm. oh, crayons and um, highlighters and uh, markers, and the teachers would send home a list of everything that you had to buy, and everyone would go off to Target, and they would buy all this new mm-hmm. stuff, you know, not getting the stuff that was left over from the year before because they were supposed to start with a brand new set. So mm-hmm. if you have some of those supplies, start by using those up, um, I have a huge ziplock of, you know, mismatched um, pens, you know, that we are still working through, but I'm almost at the bottom of it. And then pick yourself out a couple of really nice pens. Um, There's some beautiful ones on Etsy made out of wood, um, and they're also widely available on Amazon, um, fountain pens and refillable pens. Um, And then expanding from there, you know, think about um, we're all zooming from home right now, and a lot of us have stands for our phones and for our laptops so that we can have our devices positioned correctly, what are those made out of? Are they made out of metal or wood? Um, the wood we could, again, biodegrade. The, um, the metal um, has a very high likelihood of being recycled because it's material with value. Or is it made out of plastic and is it just going to end up in the trash and You know, unfortunately, in our environment, either in a landfill or incinerated, um, those kinds of items have virtually zero chance um, at being recycled. Um, You know, even the items um, with the recycling symbols on the bottom are unlikely to be recycled. But if you have some piece of office equipment made out of an unidentified plastic, that's destined for the trash can. for sure, and then to expand, um, you know, out beyond that to all of your other office supplies. Um, looking at, for example, um, your laser printer, uh, the cartridges cartridges um, that you um, buy with the ink, you don't have to keep buying um, new cartridges. Um, you can have your existing ones uh, refilled. Um, mm-hmm. All you need is new ink. You don't need a new plastic molded. Uh, cartridge. So Eco Lunchbox um, is a certified California green Business um, And other states um, have green business programs as well, um, and the websites for these agency organizations um, is a great place to start um, for businesses that want to call attention to their eco-friendly practices by going through a third-party review process. And mm-hmm. I've found that I've learned a lot of what I know um, through the California green business um, organization so I have all sorts of um tips um little and and big in the book um, for people who are doing office work whether it's you know kids or or adults
1: mm-hmm. well and you know what one of these days we're going to start traveling again and I want to know some of your pro tips and strategies for eliminating plastic from traveling
2: yeah you know that may have Even gotten a little bit easier these days because they're really not serving any food or water bottles on flights. So everyone is compelled to BYO, bring your own. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. when I travel, um, I typically have a mini travel kit that I put together. Um, And basically, um, it's like my top five plastic free tools um, tucked into an eco lunchbox. So I have kind of a larger food container, about a six cut food container that I use and inside I tuck a reusable napkin, um, a reusable fork, spoon and knife, um, a reusable straw and a reusable bag. And with those items, um, pretty much I'm good to go, you know, whatever mm-hmm. I come up with. So I head out, you know, with my own food in my own container. Oh, and a reusable um, insulated um, uh, thermos um, as well. So it takes some planning ahead, but um, just by bringing a few tools and packing them together as a plastic free kit, an individual on a trip can literally avert the use and disposal of hundreds of pieces of plastic just over a few days. You know, mm-hmm. think about all those straws and plastic utensils and Everything you know that we're faced with when we're out there in the world, and so in in the front of the book, um, I talk about um, you know my favorite uh, plastic free tools mm-hmm. that I think everyone should have with them, whether you're traveling around the world, you know or you're going to the town next door um, to have you know some either in your car. You know, in the trunk of my car, I have like a, a whole picnic set that I carry with me everywhere. But you know, to start with, <laughs> at least kind of a small set that you can have in a little bag and have it readily available to you. You know, whatever you're up to—a weekend yeah. trip or you know, going to the grocery store. Um, so I would I would encourage people to put one of those together.
1: Absolutely. You know, we've got a couple of minutes left in the show. And I, I just want to ask you kind of a personal question, you know, because sometimes it feels like plastic pollution has gotten so out of control that I begin to wonder if we're going to be able to rein it in and restore the oceans and, you know, clean up our act. What is it that keeps you hopeful and motivated, Sandra? What, what's your secret?
2: Well, I, I mean, it, it sounds a little Pollyanna, I realize, but um I I just, you know, love Mother Earth and I love my kids, um and I really want to leave the world a better place. Um and at the end of the book, um I talk about an experience that I had last summer in Alaska with my parents and with my children and we were surrounded by humpback whales. Um And, you know, it made me remember back when I was a girl, um, the whales were going to go extinct. And yet somehow the global community, you know, rallied around um, the fate of the whales. And now we have humpback whales in abundance. Um, And if we can save the whales, you know, we can definitely reduce our dependence on plastic and turn the ship around and, you know, go back to using, you know, either traditional biodegradable you know, materials um, that can go back into our earth or we can invent, you know, new
1: materials. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sandra. And thank you for your new book, Say Goodbye to Plastic. Everybody check it out. We're so glad that you were able to be with us. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We're going to be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green.